coming to a movie theater near you. He came from the future to a racetrack in the present. Hi, I'm your new driver. Hello, uh, but I think we've already got a driver. I need your clothes and your F1 car. If I give you those, will you let go of my neck? Alexander Wirtz is the Wirtzinator. The car is understeering. Right, how much extra front wing would you like? Nine millimeters. The Wurtzenator. He absolutely will not stop. Unless his Williams breaks down on lap 23 again. Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed, recording with some new technology for the second time. It seems to work. We've got some little digital recorder. I don't know why I'm telling you that. I'll tell you some useful stuff. Zog's here. Hello. And Richard's here. Hello. Far be it ever for Gareth Jones on Speed to be sensible. We have flashes of sanity, but I don't think we're ever sensible. But uh, Richard, you've been doing something very sensible recently. You've been doing a very sensible car. Yeah, I went to Sardinia to drive the new Ford Mondeo. In the same week as I, I raced a Jaguar JP1 and came third against two people who oh. properly drive races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. The honour of Gareth Jones on speed was upheld. And I lost my car as well, but that's not important. <laughs> that's we'll quite, come back that's to that. I've lost my car. Well, anyway, well, New Mondeo, yes. It went, went out, well, hang on, when you say you've lost your car, you, you well, parked it somewhere? Place. Yeah, it's just not where I left it, but it's not been stolen. It's a long story. Quite embarrassing, as it turns out. I'll ask you about that in a minute. I, I, just, I just think similar, similar in gold as green ones. And I, I, <laughs> I, had to, I had to steal my own car a year later, but that's how... What? <laughs> you had to what? steal your own car? Well, I'd, 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 left, <laughs> I'd left it parked in gold as green. Right. And, you know, and when, about a year later when I went to check it out, you know, somebody had obviously been using it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. About a year later. Why did you park it for a year? It's a long story. Okay. But, you know... Somebody'd so, been using your car? Yeah, they, they re-registered it in their name. No. They had their own little sort of cushion in there. And, uh, and, so I, and so I figured, well, you know, I can't just get in this car and start it up and drive it off. because mm. Even though, you know, technically you had the key. Even though technically I had the key. Well, I, I, I think he'd had another set cut. Whoa! But, well, you know, they'd always been using it. Yeah. So I thought, what can I do? Well, I, you know, I'll just, I've got the keys. I'll get Stevie to, uh, to give me a hand and we will tow it back to my place. So we towed it back to my place. Um, leaving behind the cushion that was uh, had been in the car that was kind of you know giving a bit of a just a slightly higher driving position for oh, the, so that narrowed down for the driver. Well, you know, I didn't. I, I left the cushion behind because I figured you know <laughs> that'd be you know the, the, it would be theft if I if I took the cushion. But you know, if I left what that if behind, you'd that had, like okay. a new starter motor put on it or something, would you have to? Well, he give, give that back. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no tricky, but, though, this yeah. is the great thing about it. He put a new radiator in me, and, you know, <laughs> oh. and it had, had a leak. So you know, fixed the radiator. Um, yeah. I just made a little report at the police station to explain what I'd done, so that so that when he reported the car stolen, yeah. you know, wouldn't be any comebacks. Yeah. So uh, we'll come back to why your car is missing mm, first. Mm, but mm. T- will you please tell me about this Mondeo? Can I tell you what I think about it? Go for it. Great. I think we've said this before. Lovely at the front, and you know I like big Fords. Mm. Lovely at the front. It's a bit of a. Mercedes S five hundred, the old SEL, or at the back, it's big slab sided. Uh, yeah, there's too much metal between the wheel arch and the window. Yeah, that's the problem. But the estate right. is quite nice. But you know, looks wise, subjective. Uh, driving wise, it's just brilliant. It's just unbelievably good. It's one of those cars that you can't really pinpoint anything particularly wrong with it to drive. 
And in a world without badge snobbery, you would go and buy one straight off instead of, say, an Audi A4, which I always think has been a sort of piece of quality engineering, but actually yeah. not that nice to drive. Yeah. And the Mondeo is just superb. It's, it, it's, it, I drove that five-cylinder one, which bizarrely... Even Ford in Britain say that only 2% of Mondeos sold will have that engine, the 2.5-litre turbo, uh, yeah, yeah. five-cylinder. Most Focus people SD. will have the... Why are they bothering? Yeah, Why yeah. bother for that number? But it's good that they have because it is terrific. And the engine, you can rev it if you really want to go for it, or you just stick it in gear and it'll talk its way out of anything. It's, it's just a really, really sorted bit of kit. But... Why do Ford need to make the Mondeo when they've got the S-Max? Ah, well, do you know, normally, uh, when car people do a new car and they go, yes, our sales projections are this, and we're going to do this, and it's all going to be brilliant. And Ford are sort of weirdly laid back about the Mondeo. Mm. They're confident because, you know, I was saying, oh, that sort of medium-sized car that's not got a posh badge on it, no one buys those anymore. It's still like 150,000 sold every year in Britain. It's worth mm. doing the car, mm. but doesn't matter to them as long as somebody buys either a Mondeo or an S-Max or a Galaxy because they're all built on the same production line they can just fiddle with the mix to suit I'm, guess, I'm guessing no fleet manager ever got fired for buying Ford Mondeos though that's probably a factor mm. in this well I don't know because really, no. it's like your depreciation and all that because a Mondeo will just depreciate like nobody's business probably mm. compared to say a Merc C-Class but. Zog you love cars you love a great car no matter what the mark but I guess you might find it hard to drive a Ford. They're just not sexy unless it's, what, a Ford GT? Uh, well, no, 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 no. no. I, I did used to be a bit of a snob about Ford, to be honest. But uh, but I, I kind of fell in love with Capri's at one point, and I, and I did have a... Uh, I had a rather splendid uh, two-litre Ford Capri gear that was, you know, in all honesty... An MOT failure waiting to happen. Oh yeah, you but know, I remember I had that it for because you left it in Golders Green, and I used it for a year. I had the MOT done. It was <laughs> you. <laughs> no, it was the midget I had to get back from Golders Green. <laughs> but no, it was it was. I, I just loved that Capri. It just felt so good sitting behind the wheel, looking over that bonnet with mm. this wonderful kind of you know power bolt right bang in the middle of the yeah. You know, it's uh, it, it, it's the, it's the British muscle car. That's you know. Mm, well, yeah. Muscle um, car well, okay. for June, <coughs> it's, it's, it's as close as yeah, mainstream is, British car culture ever British, got to the British muscle Mustang. Yeah. It, within the confines of what else was going on at the time, the Capri, you know, it was the car you never really promised yourself. <laughs> 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 but I always harboured a desire to own a second-hand Capri when I got older. I never have, though. Well, you know, you can, you can pick up really ropey ones for about 150 quid. <laughs> and, you know, I can tell you they'll, they'll last about nine months. You'll have a great time. And... Uh, I've, I've, I've always thought middle-sized Fords are great. I've, yeah, I've always, you know, soft spot in the heart. It's genetic. I was brought up with them. And yet I look at the new Mondeo and I just, if I was, you know, a fleet manager, I'd, I'd rather have a cheaper, lower-specced Jag X-Type or something. Mm. I just think that's how the mindset mm. works. Well, yeah. And that's Ford's problem, isn't unfortunately it? Unfortunately for Ford, yeah, everybody wants a, a sort of posh German car. And... I'll say it right now, I think that new Mondeo is nicer to drive than an Audi A4, or certainly the outgoing Mercedes C-Class. I've not tried the new one. And frankly, given the choice between uh, a five-cylinder Mondeo and uh, a 318i, I'd go for the Mondeo, because that 318i is just extremely boring. I am, I think, unique in that respect. Everybody just wants a posh German car to impress their neighbours. Gareth Jones on speed, saying no to badge snobbery. <laughs> Do you like my Armani shoes? <laughs> Hi, I'm Barry Adams, and here's another shouty advertorial. 
Need a car that doesn't just have clean lines, but cleans up as well? Then you need the Honda Civic Bang! Okay, guys, you're our marketing supremos. Names for our new car. Now, it's got to be something that says sporty. Spice. No, let me finish. It's got to be something that says sporty, but it's also got to say quality. Street. No, please stop just saying things after I've said the words. It's got to say sporty quality, but it also needs to communicate luxury. Yacht. Uh, really, just let me finish. So, to sum up, sporty, quality, luxury. So come on, guys, think. Um, uh, I love it. Um, uh, prr, perfect. It really does communicate our brand values. John, you're our copyright guy. Any problems with that? Not as such, but I'm just on a search, and apparently it's Chinese for what happens when you do a fart and a little bit of poo comes out. Oh, I see. That could be a problem. Mm, I don't think we need to worry about the Chinese market. A lot of car adverts around at the moment. Some good ones, some bad ones. What's your favourite, Zog? I, I love those Nissan 4x4 ads, or the, or the, the Nissan 4x4 ad, in which the uh, the 4x4 is morphing first into a you know a kind of a huge panther mechanical panther type beast yep. then it's a huge mechanical spider scrabbling across this you know sort of rough scree slope and then it turns into some kind of you know sci-fi underwater crocodile and then it's it's all sort of carbon fiber black as well isn't it it's quite dramatic and i love the way they've sort of they're doing all the transitions it's i hate the vehicles i love the advert <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it's almost good enough to make me see them in a new light but do you like the advert because of the clever cgi type computer generated thing stuff that's going on yes Ah, you see, that's the thing. As an advert, I'm not so sure, because particularly there's a spin-off series of posters that you see on billboards and in magazines where yeah. there'll be, like, a, a, an X-trail that's part snake, or a, a, what's that pickup one called? The, the pickup one. And... Um, it's like it's it's sort of a bit of a spider. No. Pathfinder's the pickup with the back on it. The pickup is called the Navara. Navara, yeah. 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 Navara indeed. And <laughs> I always think just they've associated them with spiders and snakes and things like that. that no oh, one yes. likes. So, ooh, from an advertising point of view, funny associations. Yeah, not sure about that. My my eldest son, who knows a thing of three about cars these days, when he saw the advert on TV, it came to the end. He went. Oh, Cool. <laughs> well, there you are. Is that, oh, I well, think, there we go then. Got, uh, but there was got, a qualifier. Yeah. He said, Dad, can, can, can that Nissan really do that? Yeah. And I said, no. Well, they shouldn't be allowed to advertise it because that's lying, he said. It's true. <laughs> I, the advertising standards, people. Richard, you're, uh, you got a favourite car advert? Um, no. 
name. But I have got... <laughs> I'm trying to think, because I'm sure there are ones that are very, 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 very good. But uh, no, the one that... I, I, I can't make up my mind about it is the Volvo C30 one that's playing here in the U of K at the moment, which has got... Um, it's a love and hate theme. And, and actually, within an ad break, say, during the F1, they'll run an advert uh, that will say, you love this car, and then an advert that sort of implies that some people will hate it. It's a brave policy. It's a Marmite sort of, kind of ad. Yeah. It is exactly that, Marmite idea mm. that of saying, we're honest enough to say some people will hate this. Because I think the idea is they'll appeal to people who like it, because they'll go, good, I don't want everyone to like my car. Yeah. I want it to be different. I want to be free-thinking, left field. In that respect, and I can see that's quite a good clever. One. However, I'm told, and I've not seen this yet, there's, again, a Billboard spin-off which has got some stick men, and it's split in half. And on one side, stick man kind of going, yay, I love this car. And on the other side, a stick man vomiting. (laughs) You can sell cars with the image of a stick man vomiting. How do you do do a line drawing of a stick man vomiting? I don't know. I want to see this ad. I'm just trying to think as well. Has there ever been an advert in the past that employs the medium of vomit to try and sell something? Because it's really, I mean, that's the snakes and spiders are nothing compared to a pool of sick. Vomiting, I think, came, came top. I think of a list of sounds that people found offensive and yeah. disturbing in a, in a survey. Yeah. There were a number of cars <laughs> manufactured by British Leyland in the seventies whose paint schemes were inspired by the colour of vomit. The seventies was quite vomit coloured generally. Wasn't mm, it? it was yeah. a very vomit Orange generation. A lot of Austin yeah. Princess variations, yeah. I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, we, we visited that place so, there for yeah, a moment. Uh, but yeah. Car ads. Anyway, so Volvo one. I don't know. I can't make up my mind about that. I think it could be very, very clever, but it's also a bit odd. Um, so there we go. Gareth, your uh, thoughts, please, sir. Uh, well, on the, on the Volvo, I think it's, it's tricky. Darren Brown would probably say it's a very dangerous thing to put any kind of negative connotation in the mind of someone who's yeah. thinking about making a choice. Yeah. But, you know, Darren Brown ain't here to defend his quarter. Oh, well, it's standard <laughs> advertising theory, though. You should yeah, yeah. Even to the point... Do you remember that classic... Or I always regard it as a classic advert for the Audi A4 where you've got this kind of really unctuous, yuppie git who yeah. takes one for a test drive and then gets out and goes, nah, not my kind of Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Now, it was yeah, sort of yeah. saying... Yeah. You know, the right kind of people like yeah. this car, the wrong kind of people, don't worry, they won't buy it. People yeah. you don't like <laughs> won't buy this car. Very clever. I interviewed the guy who came up with that. There's a guy called Johnny Mazaris, who's, um, who was head of VW Group Advertising in the UK and Europe for years. Very clever bloke. And I said, you must be quite proud of that one as well, because he did the, uh, you know, the changes one with the VW Golf GTI and the woman throwing away the fur coat. Paula Hamilton, wasn't it? Paula yeah, Hamilton yeah. and the jewellery and stuff like that. Yeah, and she yeah. throws away all the trappings that her, her rich ex-boyfriend has given her, except the Golf, which she decides to hang on to. Brilliant yeah. classic ad, defining yeah. moment of the 80s. And I said, so sort of defining moment of the 90s, you know, showing the Audis at that point, saying, we don't appeal to yuppies. And he went, no, no, no. Actually, in retrospect, that was a really bad idea. Things you should never do in advertising because it's lazy and it shows that you're not being clever enough. Trash your competitors and be negative in any way. Right, it doesn't make you look good. He's like a real sort of guru of advertising theory. Now, in a way, that kind of disappoints me because it seems to me that if you can't be negative about anything, you know, in an advert within Mm. that creative space, you're you're really limiting what you can do creatively. Are we are we really so? Are we all sort of kind of so dumb that, that that we can't take a bit of that sort of a bit of negativity in there? Because because I can I can I can absolutely understand the psychology that they're going for with that Audi ad. Mm, yeah. Sort of saying you know you know if you're an average car buyer, kind of after you know after a nice decent car, but you're easily swayed by flashy things. Mm. You know this car isn't for you. It's you know this car's a little bit too kind of uh, it's a little bit too much for the yeah, the more refined, discerning yes, type. Too refined. It, it, it's snob, I mean, I have to say, it's snob I, appeal, but that's... Uh, I disagree with this guy. I mean, he invented the ad. He can say what he wants about it. I disagree. I still think it's a very clever ad. And it's interesting that Volkswagen, this guy's now retired. VW are running some golf ads at the moment that work on exactly the same theme. They've basically just dug up an old thing <laughs> with the Great Pretender, and a version of a Great Pretender by Queen. 
over the top, uh, the yes. sort of spoken word version. And it's uh, this very, very yes. flash, obnoxious, but essentially hollow man. And then he goes through some revolving doors and sees an identical bloke, but sort of more discreetly dressed, who gets into a golf and clearly has integrity. And it's sort of, it's as if, you know, if that sliding doors mentality, his life had changed it could have been, in some way. It's him he in an alternative universe. That subtle guy who actually had friends and didn't live in a sort of flash apartment, but at Chinese takeaway every night and was ultimately sad and lonely. So same theory. And again, very negative. I still think it's a very clever advert. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an advertising guru. So uh, my, I know. There are a series of adverts at the moment which um, are allied to ITV's coverage of Formula One. Honda are clearly advertising it. They're well, doing the yeah, yeah, yeah. brakes. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. This is a bit of a worry. By the way, in, on a car theme, are these yeah. not called, in the television industry, they're called bumpers. Bumpers, that's bumpers. right. Yeah. Bumpers, bumpers, that's right, yeah. Get the bumper up to the brake, right? Yeah, Americans always say, yeah, we'll leave space for the bumpers. <laughs> what? Don't you say fenders? Oh, I see. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. If you look at the adverts, what have we seen? We've, there's, there's one with the guy driving a, a little Honda ride-on moor, and he's mm. racing down a hill in it, right? There's another one where they're lowering an engine into a non-discernible car. Yeah, yeah, but it also looks to me like it's just the the rear, it's the main monocoque. It hasn't got chassis rails or engine mounts in it, which suggests why their F1 cars are bad. They've forgotten how to engineer stuff. Yeah. They can't really play on their racing heritage anymore, you no, know, because you know their, their racing present is just so mm. ghastly. The final advert. Have you seen it? A lovely little lightweight sports car being driven down the road by people who listen. Kind of in slow motion. This is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's no, the car? Aerial Atom. It's an Aerial Atom, yeah, right? Yeah. What's the key thing about all these adverts? Right, None of these adverts feature Honda cars. Obviously, the mm, Atom's no. got a Honda engine, mm. right? It seems to me that Honda are so tearing their hair out over the performance of their dreadful Formula One cars at the moment, they don't really want to associate their cars I directly, be, even though they've got to advertise. I would be willing to bet that's what's happened. Because yeah. advertising people, you know, they spend a long time worrying about this sort of stuff. Yeah. Let's get all the cars out of the ads while the Formula One cars as soon as it starts to pick up, if it does, yeah. there'll be a ruddy great accord in that in those yeah. bumpers. Yeah. Uh, Jensen what? Button Edition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Advertising cars, dangerous game. This podcast was made by Whizbang with no product endorsement or advertising whatsoever. Shame, really. <laughs>